Welcome to the K Podcast. We're going to have a fun time talking about sports, a little bit about life, but ultimately just getting away from the negativity of the world. If you do want to interact with us, we do have an email, the cave in Kansas, Kansas abbreviated 15 at gmail.com, all lowercase. Caves takes it to the next level. We're going to start with the prayer. Dear God, thank you for this week we've had and all the interactions we got to experience. We thank you for the July 4th and the freedoms you've given us. We thank you for every person that gets to listen to this podcast. And we thank you that we get to share our opinions and thoughts with everybody. Thank you for everything you will do this week. And we pray that you keep everybody safe throughout this holiday weekend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy July 4th. Yeah. Woo. America. Blow up some stuff like some rednecks we are. Yeah. It's time for July 4th. We get to eat all the good foods. Blow up all the good stuff. Make loud noises and not get noise complaints from the neighbors. What a day it is. Get to drink our tea. British taxing us. Amen, brother. Dad joke of the week. Let's hear it. Alrighty. I used to work at a calendar factory, but I got fired because I took a couple of days off. <laughs> that was a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. good one. Dad joke of the week. Complete. We're going to start with another icebreaker question. What is the icebreaker question of the week? Alrighty, there's a zombie apocalypse. Choose three people, any sport, doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't have to be like one sport or anything. It can be any, like any combination. Alright, why don't you start? Alrighty, I got Ray Lewis. He's a pilot on the field, I had to take him that way. Uh, Bill Lambert from the Bad Boys era, or the Pistons. And Jack Lambert wasn't the biggest dude on the field, but he was the meanest guy on the field, on the football field. It's mean. All mean. All mean and violent. Big old boy. Can't be scared. I got a pretty wide variety of answers here. Let's start with Pat Tillman. Thank you for your service and rest in peace. But Pat Tillman, violent on the field and can execute orders out in the military before he before and after his time to perfection and he was did it all and he he can be my head guy telling you know this is what we need to do then Usain Bolt I got that runner you know I need somebody if I need somebody hey yo that weapon right there you gotta go get that before the zombies take that there he goes that's all I need that's all I need him to do is run Last one, I need a dog. Someone's just going to get in their hands, get dirty. Pat Bev. This is his five years. He's the star. Pat Beverly. Put him in there. I just thought about this. None of us took us, like, we never took a UFC fighter. No, we didn't. None of us. Or, like, a, you know, fighting sport. No need to. I was taking Jake Paul. 
I know you're going to say that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> NBA free agency has started this week, last week. And it's already been eventful. You know, DeJounte Murray going to the Hawks. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to start out start out with our favorite team, OKC with Lou Dort. How do you yes. feel about this contract? Five years, $97 million. How do you feel? That's a steal. Getting what? Almost 17. Almost just a little under 20 million. Yeah. And, uh, dude went from not just last year, but year four, so two years, two seasons ago, was averaging 13 points and defending the best player every night to the next year, averaging 17 and a half and also guarding the best player every night. He's a menace. I love it. Statistically, what I want to look at, when you look at defensively, you know, he's a monster. So I want to look at the defensive ratings. With the Thunder, while he was playing, his defensive rating was 112. That's pretty good for a team. Yeah. You talk about top 15, probably top 10. Not for sure, but pretty close. Without Ludor on the court, it drops to 121. They're dropping in the lower lower half, lower bo- top ten, and not the, not the defense is not the only thing he brings. Three less turnovers a game. I think you know you contact that he does handle the ball a little bit, and you know he he calms them down. Shea's a great player, but he gets he just so frantic and goes so fast. That it's hard to it's hard to slow down for him. Another one I would look at three points. Attempted and made both were higher with Ludort. You really did space to four. He could dribble pull up or you know drive and kick. He's right there in the corner. Ludort statistically was one of the best players last season on our Thunder, averaging 17 points, four rebounds, and two assists. That's a big time signing for a team that's looking to get back into the playing tournament and the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So this is a 12 year difference. Uh, it was July seventh, two thousand ten. Kevin Durant signed with OKC for five years, eighty-five million, with a salary cap space of fifty-eight million. Twelve years later, we signed Lou Dort, five years, eighty-seven point five. Similar contract, not the same player, obviously. Not exactly. Yeah, with a salary cap of one hundred twenty-three million. That just shows how much the cap keeps going up. I mean, the NBA so, itself. Like, that that's gonna be a five years from like four years from now when the cap is you know they get the new CBA deal. Yeah, that can be a cheap contract for what he does. It's gonna be great for OKC. He just brings something that not a lot of people can bring. I mean, you would talk about him with he was off the court defensively. The Thunder would go from a top ten to twenty eight, twenty nine. So. Somebody you want obviously on the floor. He's not going to be your all-star, twenty-five point point per game scorer, but he's going to get it done. He's a, he's a part of Sam Presti's vision. Like he's yeah, obviously he gave us literally almost same contract to Lou Dort. That was Kevin Durant's first contract. He sees something. First, one of the biggest trades we talked about uh, so far: Dejounte Murray mm-hmm. to the Hawks. 
the Hawks couldn't get past the, he couldn't get to the conference finals, let alone the quarterfinals this year. Um, a lot of that was was paid attention to the backcourts defensively. Yeah. Uh, Murray brings a big defense, like one of the top def- guard defenders in the league, where Trey is towards the bottom. And they needed that in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you got to play defense. It's not like the regular season. You just let them score and all that. And it's not you're not sacrificing anything offensively. I mean, he still averaged 21 points at career high this year. So, well, it takes pressure off Trey Young too when bringing the ball because you saw in the playoffs, Miami Heat exposed it like he can't really play off ball really well. When he gets pressure though, in double team, he, he didn't do well either. He didn't shoot the ball very well from three. They didn't have a guy. Murray creates that space. They didn't have a guy that could take over like Trey Young could, and when that situation happens, they couldn't. They didn't have a guy that could still take over the game when he's getting double team. Yeah, with Dante Murray joining him. That's a backcourt I like to see. Yep. Rudy Gobert ah. to the Timberwolves. Talk about uh, four first-round picks: Mac Kessler, Malik Beasley, and Pat Beverly, all included in this trade. Walker Kessler. My bad, Walker yeah. Kessler. What do you think about that on the side for Minnesota? Phil. He can't get shoot close. He should be seven. What two, three? Offensively, he's all NBA, which were for Towns in the playoffs. It felt like he was fouling out every game, or he was in foul trouble. So having that will help a lot. But then that means that that's the case where Towns is out. Edwards steps up. Russell can step up, and they still have that defense. From the big, but I feel like four first rounds—that's that's a lot for a guy that doesn't have much offense, but he brings a lot of defense. Still got a 15 points and 14 rebounds this year, but two blocks as he always does. Still shooting 71% close, but anything out in a mid range is not going to make shots. They're spending half a billion on two big guys who are completely opposite not where the league, the league is right now so it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see I think I do like Carl Anthony Towns at 5 I like that I think that, that and but you want to stretch four, 4 yeah at the 4 he it takes pressure off of him defensively and gives him more space offensively to do to work and improve his game and I mean he can't prove much more than what he's got he's pretty pretty dominant center I'm just thinking about like what what are the Nets going to get in return for Kevin Durant. Yeah, if if Rudy Gobert is asking, getting that much, you know, already know Kevin Durant's got to be getting a good amount. You I mean you're gonna get All Star caliber players, and then on top of that, probably five first rounds. Let's look at Utah in this trade. How do you feel about their return? I mean, I I thought they were gonna use those picks to get Kevin Durant, but it sounds like Donovan Mitchell's on his way out too. Sound like to the Heat. That's what I've been hearing about. Um, they're obviously ready just to hit the restart and start from the beginning, I guess. Sam Presti is craziest thing of 
Let's get a lot of picks and see what happens. Because you can always get a big name star with those picks. And I thought they were going to get Kevin Durant, but he hasn't been traded yet. It's still a chance. So I think uh, Utah, it's looking like a situation almost like the Thunder where you just weren't good enough to to finish it and getting those picks doesn't mean they're going to they, they're going to be good. I mean, you have to have a talented GM and a talented scouting staff mm-hmm. to use those, but it gives them a better chance to be good in the future than they had with Donovan Mitchell and Rico Bear. You hit two of those. If you hit two of the four picks, which is probably not I mean 50%, that's not very good. You know. Two of the four. You mm-hmm. hit two of the four. That's good. And that and and they got that first round pick from the Nets trading Royce, Royce O'Neal. And you still got. I mean, Donald Mitchell hasn't been traded. You talk about the picks he's going to get in return. Yeah, they're they're if they did that, they might be the worst team in NBA, and they'll get the first pick. They're trying to get that uh, France prospect, Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, everybody wants him. The Spurs traded Jonte Murray away to get in that sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. A good player. KD. Quest is a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. I've heard a lot of um, talk, but I want to I want to talk strictly about the Phoenix fit. Something I've been hearing is more more often is that Phoenix is one of the top tier contenders to get Kevin Durant. Is Kevin Durant and Devin Booker a top? duo in the league or did Kawhi and Paul George pass that up hmm it's close Kawhi and Paul George defensively lockdown players and they can bring a lot of offense too but Devin Booker and KD bring more offense than those two I think but on the defensive end they don't they don't bring as much as Kawhi, so I'm, I would, I would, me personally, I want a Kawhi Paul George, but no. And you still, you know, you still got to talk about the cast around him. If if Chris Paul's still there, he's still an effective uh, playmaker no matter what. Still has the IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, you would expect that if DeAndre Ayton, if they get traded there, DeAndre Ayton was in that trade, he's gone. Cam Johnson is probably gone. So. There's still pieces though that that Phoenix can that can take them to the next level. But AD's probably scared to play with Ben Simmons. Uh, I would be too. Dude, terrible. It just seems like KD leaves to go to a number one seed Warriors and does it there, leaves again to try to prove himself, and then go wants to go back to number one seed. Well, the. You gotta know the ending story of why he's leaving though too. He leaves OKC because supposedly Russ that creates a whole beef. Then he goes to the Warriors, wins a couple. And then he has problems with Draymond. He wants out. Then he goes to the Nets. Kyrie has problems. Does not put the team first. That's why they'll that's the biggest bust. I mean, come on. KD, Kyrie, Hart. Did not win a championship. That never thought that. To me, it sounds like he's a bad partner. If I'm, a, obviously, I would I would want his talent on the team any day. 
But when it comes down in a couple years, he's going to probably do the same thing to the team he's going to next. Someone's going to start something. He's going to get frustrated, go all over social media, and he's going to want out. I think, too, you know, he's, it's, his, that's, that's the question. Is it KD or is it the franchise he's been to? So, you look at the Golden State Warriors, and everybody's like, well, they haven't won without him, so must not be as much of an issue. But they won two. First time they're healthy with, without him, they go to the Super they went they go to the championship and they win. Well, they've won two without him. One before he came. Yeah, I'm talking about when he left. Yeah. First time they're actually healthy, the whole team, and they win again. Yeah. KD, so. The next player in this pretty interesting talk, should Bradley Beal have left the Washington Wizards? I mean, get a payday like that, I'm not leaving. But uh, he's forcing Wizards to contend. They don't contend in the next two years, I would say. I would want out. They got they got nice pieces. Kuzma's not bad. He'll give you 16, 17 points a game. Uh, and Thomas Bryant, he's coming off an injury. Hopefully he stays healthy. They're definitely going to need some more pieces. They traded Pope to Denver. They got back some nice pieces, though. Um, Monte Morris and Will Barton. That will help a lot. I still think they need a better two-man, though. Like a number two guy. I I don't know. I think they got, they, they're getting closer, is, is what I'm saying. It seems like, you know, the problem with their four was John Wall. Yeah. Good. But then they're replacing with Russell Westbrook, just another old veteran. And to really succeed with this NBA right now, it's not about getting the veterans and winning right away. It's about getting the young guys in and developing them. So, I think they can. And with Johnny Davis doing their latest draft pick, I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. I just still, I say in two years, if that team's not wanting to contend. Wizards are not. Front office are not wanting to. I'm Beal. I'm out. Yeah, it seems, it it's a hard decision, right? Because you still, I mean, he's got paid a good amount of money. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but at that point, it's like. They haven't been to playoffs in a while. There's no team success. I'm getting, I'm getting his personal success. Do I want the money? Or do I want to contend? So, and maybe he thinks he can do both. He wants to do it for Washington. He care. He really does care about Washington, which is what you want to see in a yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson goes to the New York Knicks. I want to talk about first of all from Jalen Brunson's point of view. Is this the best move he could have made? To me, I want this stay at Mavericks. What they did this recent playoffs was incredible. But I can get why he went to the Knicks. His dad is the assistant coach, and then the current president, Leon Rose, is with the Knicks. But his son is the age his agent, Sam Rose. Got that full connection. I can see why he wants he wants his dad to be his coach, but. He's getting paid. I mean, pretty nice. So let's look at it from the other side. Is Jalen Brunson a smart move for New York to contend? I think it helps them in their like helps in their favor. Uh, something definitely for them to look forward to. It's the Knicks. I mean, 
RJ Barrett, he has to be number one guy. I think Randall needs to give that up. And then I would go Brunson two, Randall three. Those three guys. Like they they can those three guys can really take over a game though. But I I really do think Barrett needs to be number one. Brunson will, will is not good enough to be a number one. But And I think that um for New York well, it might not be the best in the long run. I think it does make them an immediate better player, better team. They're like a. They'll be a playing team at least, I would say, but the highest, the ceiling's like a seven seed. There's not much room, but I don't see them drastically becoming better. I guess we'll find out though. I mean, there's there's other teams that are getting better, like Celtics getting Brogdon. They didn't give up hardly anything to get them and they get a big time ball handler for the Celtics I mean that was a good move I thought but yet Knicks I don't think they get that much better a couple wins maybe better so looking at uh, Donovan Mitchell rumors currently saying that the that the Jazz have told people they're not interested in any Donovan Mitchell trade calls. They have been shutting them down. I don't feel like that's in the best interest of Utah. We've seen an NBA in every sport franchise. Team players who don't want to be there don't perform as they as they would have. Well, I mean, look at Kyrie's situation. Didn't want to be there. Didn't want to be there. Supposedly you want to be vaccinated. To me, that's not been... That's politics. We ain't going to talk about that. But he didn't want to put the team first. That's what's going to happen to Mitchell. He's not going to put the team first. He wants he, himself. He wants out. He instead was, you know, kind of like sucking it up. You're going to have to go with it. Perform better so you put the team at a better future. Set him up for better. All right, we're going to switch from our NBA talk to our MLB talk. We're going to go to MLB, who's hot and who's not. Looking at the teams, we're going to send it to Jonathan. What do you got for this week's who's hot, who's not? Houston Astros. They are on a six-game winning streak. They're six and four, well, eight and two the last ten. So, pretty darn hot. And, of course, the Royals got to play up next. Not looking good. Not looking good. No. But, uh, the who's not? The Giants. Going through a bad stretch right now. Losing four in a row. Two and eight. Their last ten. Hopefully they can turn around. They're a good ball club. This right now is not not their time yeah, and you're coming up on the trade deadline for the and the MLB all-star game so and you know some teams are better second half performers than others but you know if you if you, you just know as a team got to be able to tell are we here for this year or should we be just developing our guys and I think that's the hardest hardest thing to take as a coach and as a GM to be like yeah, I built this team, or I'm I'm coaching this team, and we're not ready. 
But at some point, you have to realize that you're not playing for now. You're playing for the future. I, I think Giants will pull something. They got to they gotta pull a move because they're a team that can, mm-hmm. that can stretch for the World Series. Mm-hmm. They just gotta. They gotta pull it together. Yeah, they're in bad stretch. It's only one week. Royals recap for the week. What's here? The what do you think about this week, Jonathan? Uh, well, the beginning of the week was god awful. Um, Sunday we lose five three. Then we played Monday versus uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday versus Rangers. The first two we lost. The first game was ten to four, eight to three. Then Wednesday we won two to one. And then we put, we didn't have a game Thursday. Uh, Friday, uh, recently, this recent series, Tigers, we won 3-1. Saturday, we should have won. An eighth inning, we were up. I believe it was 3-1. We lose 4-3. He had two home runs. Walk off by Riley Green, his first career. And then Sunday, uh, we won 7-4. It was a great game, though. Beginning of the week, we couldn't. I was watching them, uh, the Ranger series. We could not field to serialize. I bet we had five errors that series, which is unlike the Royals. And they we gave up so many hits. The one that was ten to four. I think we gave up like sixteen hits that game. And uh, you know they just called up uh the Italian style and first baseman Vinay, Vinny P. He's been um. He's been definitely uh, better an upgrade. He's still you can tell he's still got a room to grow, but I think it was a smart move to move on from Susanna. I think it was sixteen at bats or something. That's a low. It was below twenty, I believe. But he's had five walks, one home run, and two hits. I think that's the thing that most impressed me because he is a power hitter. I don't mm-hmm. know, and that's we all know that. But for a lot of power hitters. They strike out a lot. He's great he's, discipline. He's had a lot of better discipline than a lot of power hitters you see, and he's he's getting walks left and right. You know, you're checking the, the score like as it goes. You're like, man, he's had two at-bats. Nope, he's just walking left and right. And that's that's a good sign as a, as a player, as a young player, to have the discipline, but also still be able to play effectively. We're going to have our Royals Player of the Week. Who do we got? Well, the beginning of the week wasn't so good. So I was trying to find a guy who was consistently playing well every day, which, which should be player of the week. But uh, Andrew Benatendi, he was 10 of 25, batting a 400 with three walks, four RBIs, and two runs, with on, also an on-base percentage of 464. Very, very good. A guy we can very much rely on get on base that week somebody else I uh, want to talk about that hasn't got a lot of playing time that definitely deserves more Edward Olivares oh yeah he had all run today I mean he he's just um he's just a great player and I don't feel I feel like you know we he can be a player for the future as well as the now which is he's, he's already 28 I believe 26 years old 26 okay but you look statistically, this season he's batting three oh five with three homers, eight RBIs, eight seventy five OPS. For a backup backup. Yeah. That is really good. I think he should be a full time rotational player. 
And, you know, maybe he will be that way now that they, you know, just trying to see see what we got. Mm -hmm. I think by trade deadline, we're going to see him playing everyday outfield role. You got Benettini in left every day. Michael Taylor in center every day. Then right, you have Witt, or you have Hunter Dozier. The Royals have some depth, but they got they have to play the young guys. If we keep playing these 30-year-old guys and the 25-year-olds are always sitting on the bench, you're never going to get experience. Yeah, that, that's the hard part about management right now. It's been a lot of debate. You know, should should Mike Bethany be gone? Uh, it's, and he's it's a fine line of trying to win, but also trying to get your your young players playing time and improving. So maybe this is a sign trading Carlos Santana and putting Edward Alvarez in the lineup. Maybe it's a sign that he's pushing more towards the youth, but. I think that's that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think Matheny will probably stay the rest of the year, and then the GM and Dayton Moore, and they're going to look from beginning of the season into the last game of the season, how much those guys improved and developed. I think that that will determine if he has a job the next year. Now, the pitching coach. Now he might be gone, because it seems like consistently we are just giving up five or more runs, and you're, we're just not going to win ball games like that. You cannot go out every night and score eight runs and still be nervous every if you're going to win or not. All right, we're gonna I'm gonna go out a little bit off the script here, finish the, the podcast off with a July Fourth theme joke. Finish it off here. I'm going to hit you with this one. How come there aren't any knock-knock jokes about America? Because freedom rings. Oh my gosh. July 4th. I'm we so are sorry. thankful for the American blood. We got the opportunity and the possession of fireworks. The Roman candle fights. Stay safe, boys. And all the fl- <laughs> all the stuff you can ask for. And an explosive night that's not on the toilet. God bless America. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another podcast. And thank you for listening to The Cave. Peace.